0: So, all of time and space, everything that ever happened or ever will, where do you want to start?
1: You are live on channel 44,000. Please do not swear. Would you like a cherry,
2: baby? the Gallifrey Broadcasting System. Do you like it? Yes, yes, I always did. Your source for Doctor Who news, updates, reviews, and commentary. With your host, me, Jace Thorne.
0: I think it's starting.
2: Well, here we go again. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Gallifrey Broadcasting System. It's your host Jace Thorin, and I'm so excited to be sharing this week's episode with you guys. I just got back from Silcon in Mattoon, Illinois, and it was a it was a great time. I I really enjoyed myself. One of the main reasons I enjoyed myself was I was able to sit down with the guy behind Omni Fringe Radio, the man himself, Vince Wilson. And one of the most interesting things about Vince, mind you, there's a lot of interesting things about Vince. But uh, one of the things that really, you know, jumped out at me was how big of a Whovian he is. I like to think of myself as probably one of the biggest Doctor Who fans around. But I might be mistaken because Vince is very knowledgeable. He's, you know, he's been a Who fan longer than I've been alive. We're going to have a great talk with him this week. And one of the things that Vince was able to do before he got to the convention was he stopped at a store. store was called Who North America. He was able to sit down with the guy behind Who North America and have an interview with him. So we will have that on this week's show as well. Before we get into all that, let's jump in to this week's Dr. News. Well, I've got some news for you, dude all right in our first story this week doctor who's off class has been officially canceled by the bbc the news was confirmed by bbc3 controller damian cavanaugh speaking today at a broadcasting press guild he said no we're not bringing it back there was nothing wrong with it i thought patrick did a great job he explored an amazing world in honesty it just didn't really land for us at on bbc3 Things sometimes don't, and I've got to make decisions about what we're going to do from a drama point of view. There are always times when you do something, and you have to decide that it's not going to come back. Class is just one of those things. Class was created to appeal to the young adult market and initially released in the UK on BBC3, now an online-only platform. It was hoped that high-quality original content would drive young viewers to the online station. However, the decision meant that class was initially only to be seen by a fraction of the audience it would have received on a broadcast channel. The series was later screened on BBC One, but as a late-night double bill, where it struggled to find an audience getting viewers' figures around a third of the time slot average. In June, writer and creator of the series, Patrick Ness, announced that he would not be involved in any future commission of class, and today the BBC finally confirmed that the corporation would not be making any more episodes. Doctor Who's very own 12th time Lord Peter Capaldi joined fans paying tribute to Cardiff's Doctor Who experience as the attraction finally closed its doors on Saturday, September 9th. The actor, who is currently in the United States, sent a special video message to fans gathered at the experience for its final day in operation. Peter said, It's incredible to be on the streets of Cardiff and hear someone who comes from China or someone who comes from Russia or someone who comes from America saying can you direct me to the Doctor Who experience. And that has actually happened and they haven't clocked that it's me because I've always been in heavy disguise he said. But people do come from all over the world to come and visit the Doctor Who experience and that's a great example of how successful it has been. I'm sorry it's closing, I'm sorry I'm not there Please have a wonderful, wonderful time, and take the spirit of Doctor Who and the Doctor Who experience with you wherever you go. Speaking of Peter Capaldi, departing Doctor Who star Peter Capaldi could have been part of another science fiction TV institution, as it's been revealed he auditioned to play Commander Benjamin Sisko on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Capaldi has portrayed the Time Lord for three seasons after taking over from Matt Smith in 2013. A lifelong fan of the series, Capaldi decided to bow out after this year's upcoming Christmas special, Twice Upon a Time. But Capaldi could have had an entirely different sci-fi legacy. A documentary about Star Trek Deep Space Nine is currently in production to commemorate the series' 25th anniversary in 2018. And the producers of the film have responded to a fan account discovery of documents showing Capaldi was up to be the series' lead with visual evidence of of his audition, on Twitter. The tweet also confirms that Anthony Stewart Head auditioned for the part. Head would go on to TV legend status for his role of as Rupert Giles on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Aside from the obvious novelty of a future doctor almost becoming a Starfleet captain, this suggests the producers of Deep Space Nine were at one point considering a massively different version of Benjamin Sisko. The role would eventually be played by the fantastic Avery Bro- Brooks, the first non-white lead in Star Trek's history. Sisko was framed as somewhat of a reaction against Star Trek The Next Generation's Captain Picard, whereas Patrick Stewart embodied that character with a signature British gravitas and an air of intellectual purity. Sisko was much more of a volatile character, haunted by the death of his wife and attempting to raise his young son on what was essentially the Wild West of space. The character shared much more DNA with William Shatner's swashbuckling Captain Kirk than with Picard. It's easy to suspect Capaldi and Head would have been similar takes on Stewart's staid, brainy Starfleet captain. And while there's nothing wrong with that take, especially when you can get Stewart to play it, Brooke's emotionally raw Cisco was a defining tenet of Deep Space Nine and helped set it apart from its Star Trek contemporaries. It worked out for everyone in the end as Capaldi got to live out his childhood aspirations to board the TARDIS, and Deep Space Nine cast the right man for the job. But it's hard not to wonder what the 12th Doctor would have looked like in a Starfleet uniform. All right, and so that does it for this week's Doctor News. It's time for this week's guest interview with the man himself, Vince Wilson. All right, guys, and we are live here in Mattoon, Illinois, for Silcon, and I'm here with the man, the myth, the legend himself, Vince Wilson. How are you
0: doing, man? It's all right. I'm I'm uh, happy to be here, sort of live, if you sort of it. live later well, yeah. this is a
2: podcast about Doctor Who so right. yep. time travel could be involved it's time, you
0: know, you know wibbly wobbly sort of thing right and exactly and stuff. Yep.
2: so um, for you guys who don't know Vince has actually been a big part of getting the Gallifrey Broadcasting System on the air and uh, with his help with Omni-, Omni Fringe Radio we're able to bring the GBS podcast directly to you that's right yeah, so I, I, I just want to say, you know, lot, right here on air, thanks again for that.
0: Oh, no problem. It's my pleasure. You're a great guy. You know, so it's a it's, uh, you know, you know, big Dr. Who fan. Right, know. yeah.
2: And that's actually why I wanted to bring you on the podcast was I knew that you were a big Whovian. So right off the bat. What, uh, what is your relationship with Doctor Who?
0: Well, I, I go way back. to Right. You know, I grew up in the 70s and 80s, mostly the 80s. The 70s I have a vague remembrance of because I was only at most you know, four years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or uh, actually I was born in uh, 1974. So uh, my interaction with Doctor Who initially was the, for the most part, uh, Tom Baker mm-hmm. in his late 70s and 80s with uh, Doctor Who, the fourth doctor. Right. And uh, and also, of course, my favorite doctor. I think most people, their favorite doctor is the first doctor they meet. You know, the first one they're introduced to. I
2: I do find that to be true. Like, I find that to be the
0: case. Yep. So my my favorite doctor was uh, Tom Baker, although I I enjoyed all of them uh, immensely. You know, then, of course, when I was very excited in 1996 with the uh, Doctor Who movie that Mm -hmm. never amounted to anything. Right. Unfortunately. Uh, It was not bad, but it was very Americanized. Yeah, and, that, and I
2: think that movie was just proof that Americans should just keep their hands off of Doctor Who.
0: Oh, that, it was a worthy attempt, and they did keep it in canon, so it does, right. it does have that aspect to it. They, they did have the previous Doctor. Right, that, I know. think that's
2: what really solidified that movie. I, I, I honestly believe that if Sylvester did not come in to do the regeneration scene, mm-hmm. that that movie would not be considered canon. No, I no. think they would have thrown it away.
0: Yeah, it was. And it, you know what? I like the uh, reimagining of the TARDIS. I like the, uh, you know, how the the, the, the console room looked. I like the uh, the mythology they added to with it. There were so many things that made made. I actually rewatched it on. I had. I found it on Vimeo. Very oh, yeah. hard to find. I actually rewatched it uh, about a week and a half ago. And uh, on Vimeo, and it's uh, it's if you can watch it, just try to watch it before they take it down because obviously they have it up illegally. Yeah. But right, <laughs> but it was uh, it was worth the watch. Uh, it, it it does have some parts where you just kind of groan at it. You yeah. Remember, it was the it was the late '80s or late '90s when it came out, so it was a very '90s feel to it. Yeah, for sure. Um, but the but the, you know, of course, when they announced when they were actually com- you know truly rebooting the movie the series back in 2005 with Eccleston. Oh my God! That was it was like the highlight of my life to see it again, and I've watched, I've seen every single episode since then, yeah. mostly in order. Yeah. Yeah. So. No.
2: Yeah. Two thousand. I mean, obviously, you know, my age, I can only look back at uh, the classic version of Doctor Who.
0: Millennials. yeah, through, yeah,
2: <laughs> through, through. I guess biased eyes.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, though I, I do believe even being. Uh, Whovian, you know of the modern era myself? I would say Tom Baker's still probably the voice of Doctor Who. Oh, yeah. I mean, you you can't look at Tom Baker and not think Doctor Who. Yeah, I don't
0: remember their names, but on the Doctor Who YouTube channel, yeah, you, uh, just the past couple of days, they mm-hmm. had the uh, had one of the hosts of the channel went in. I think his name was Michelle or Heather, something like Heather, I think it is actually, right? right? She went into uh, um, and I just started, like, really paying attention to the, the official Doctor Who BBC YouTube channel. Yeah. And uh, and they were interviewing these... Uh, she went in the character sort of as the Ninth Doctor, you know, uh, where she was dressed up in the whole outfit, and she was trying to duplicate the mannerisms. Right. You know, that sort of thing. And she was interviewing a guy who not... Who was doing the voice of the... He was not... Obviously, uh, shoot, I can't believe we forgot his name. The the eighth The Eighth doctor, doctor? doctor, Paul night McGann? Do- no, Ninth Doctor. Night, oh, no, Tennant, Christopher Tennant,
2: Eccleston. Tennant. D- David Tennant. David Tennant. David Tennant. <laughs> Why is that escaping me? David Tennant.
0: All right, he actually did the cheese. so I'm getting my doctors confused. I, like I said before we started, I needed coffee. I right, to, right. My memory goes when I'm out of coffee. Um, so, yeah, so David Tennant. He's, now, you're thinking, of course, your, your first thought would be, well, right, David Tennant's not doing the voice of the doctor, so this has got to suck, right? Right. No. This guy does an absolutely, really? absolutely 100% flawless David Tennant. But it turns out that's not how he got started. He got started, he got, he got the job doing a YouTube video of a flawless, perfect, hands-on, you-cannot-tell-the-difference-at-all impression of Matt Smith. Smith. That's right. So he does impressions of both of those doctors. And they're both impeccable. In f- flawless. If you listen to those videos with your eyes closed... You know, in fact if you watch him doing it, you're thinking he's lip syncing those actors. Right. Because that's impossible. Those vocalizations are coming out of this other person's mouth. I was dumbstruck <laughs> by it. I'm it, gonna have to
2: look this guy up because and,
0: and he got he hooked up with another actor who does a Tom Baker impression. And he duplicated the this this. scene. Oh no, you're you that's him.
2: That with he, John Colshaw he con- right, right. does the Tom Baker uh, and uh, he he does a good Tom Baker impression. I know he does Sylvester McCoy, mm-hmm. um, and then um, he's done another. I saw him actually do a Ricky Gervais impression one yeah. time as well. But yeah, his Tom Baker impression is a pretty impeccable as well. Yeah. And that that video, I didn't know that he also did a David Tennant
0: impression. Yeah, and impression. Matt, Yeah, does the David Tennant and Matt Smith, and he does it flawlessly. Yeah, you, you have to go watch it if I uh, go to OmniFriendsRadio.com for this podcast. I'm sure we can arrange for some links to those YouTube videos on there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, uh, and it's definitely gonna, something we're going to
0: is going to work on in the future, mm-hmm. you know, for, for our listeners is that uh, we are going to start like putting more content on the website. You'll be able to, you know, when uh, you know, when Jace talks about stuff on the show, you'll be able to go to the website and find links to it and also of course the Facebook page eventually. You know, right. it's all these are all works in progress. Right, right. Uh, and it, it,
2: if if there's anything at all that you guys you know would like to suggest to improve the show, we are completely open. You can uh, email the the uh, OmniFringe page. There's a link there where you can contact Vince or me. There's even uh, ways you can interact with us through the Facebook page, and like Vince said, it's all a work in progress. We're just doing everything we possibly can to make the show better for you.
0: And of course, if you know any who celebrities that you like to send right. our way, we would love to. Right, you know, absolutely. Yes. and we don't care if it is a guy in a Dalek suit, a guy right. shot in season whatever, you know, right? Yeah, series, series eleven, yeah. sorry, or something like that.
2: Yeah, we will. We will be happy to talk to him for a long, long period of time. That's right. They so, will get
0: airtime. Trust us.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, what do you, what do you feel is different about Doctor Who now versus when it was on when you were young?
0: Well, I think the well the biggest, most obvious difference is the special effects improvement. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> the, uh, the Doctor Who being an in joke for decades about right. the poor, horrible, low budget special effects. So people he to see you wrapped in plastic, wrapped in rubber bands.
2: And that was yeah. uh, something I was talking, uh, you know, to Rose and. She, uh, she... you
0: just Rose person. You're right. Talking <laughs> you're talking, oh, you're talking about the character Rose. No, no, no. Oh, uh, talking to can't. Rose, <laughs> the model,
2: she, uh, you know, I'm still trying to slowly introduce her to Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I thought that maybe would get her more interested in it was showing her one of the classic Tom Baker episodes. I thought, okay, maybe the period of Mars, you know, those episodes are great. And is exactly what you just said. The The second a mummy came on screen, she's like, I can't. I can't watch this, the special effect. I'm like, no, no, look past it. Yeah. Please look you past look it. You look past
0: it, yeah. And, and also remember, some of the early stuff, Tom Baker's stuff in particular, was written by science fiction legend Douglas Adams. Mm-hmm. You know, from, uh, you know, um, gosh darn it. I told you, <laughs> uh, from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> right, page, right, right, right. And yeah. those, the episodes that he, that he writes for are not only brilliant but hilarious. Mm-hmm. You know, Tom Baker just rolls off of that. You know, yeah. the, a little bit of trivia uh, I picked up real recently was the in the uh, the premiere of Tom Baker when he first appears in the robot episode. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, which they hunt down the killer robot, well the the tragic killer robot. Right. Uh, um, he actually, those costumes that he dresses into in and out of the TARDIS were the, literally the only costumes in all the BBC studios that fit him. That's why they chose the Harlequin one. Because he's like six foot six.
2: Yeah, he's a big he's, guy. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize yeah, that. How he's, big Tom he, Baker he's gigantic. Is. And they
0: were the only. The reason he wore those costumes, those outfits, were the, because they were the ones that actually fit Tom. That makeup. was it. That's all That's they the had. That's the only motivation they had. That's interesting. I didn't if, know that. Yeah, a little trip, uh, Doctor Who trivia for you.
2: Yeah. And um, you actually brought this up because we were talking. Um, you made a visit to. Uh, uh, yeah. Who knew
0: North America? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a, it's unbelievable. I wasn't even looking for Doctor Who. I was just happened to be, I I'm on my way to Silicon, which of course is, has bizarre stuff, geeks and nerds, and of all different mm-hmm. types and backgrounds. And there's some Who stuff here as well, mm-hmm. but very few, very yeah. little, not enough. Yeah. All right. We're so we're I so I'm, I put in uh, like weird things to do in Indianapolis since I'm passing through Indianapolis, and I'm bored out of my damn mind. Yeah. Right. So <clears throat> and and it's called Who North America mm-hmm. pops up on there. I'm like. No, no, it's got to be uh, an acronym for something else. Right. I, I, it's the, the, the World Disease Center or whatever. <laughs> <Yeah. you> know, <laughs> the World Health Organization. And, you know, or it's just like, you know, or lost children. I don't know, whatever. Right, right. But it can't be Doctor Who. But so I click on it, you know, and I'm like, and, I was, uh, and yes, I stopped at McDonald's first because I'm not driving while I'm doing <laughs> it. But I, I click on it, I'm like thinking, oh, my God, it's a Doctor Who store. And, of course, my thoughts are running through my head. All right. Obviously, the first stop is I am definitely stopping here, no matter right. what it is. Right. All right. It's Dr. Who related. Even if it's a little hole in the you, wall. Yeah, always, and that's right? what I thought it was. I'm thinking it's got to be a hole in the wall. It's got to be this tiny little on the corner. used to be a bookstore, piece of crap, remodeled wallpaper, mm. stuff peeling off the sides sort of thing. In my head, it's like mm-hmm. this is the horror that's popping into my head. Right. You know, nevertheless, I'm stopping there no matter what. Yeah. Whatever they have, I'll buy something from them <laughs> Right. <you> know, <laughs> and, uh, and be happy with it. Uh, but I go there, and it is absolutely freaking amazing. It is gigantic for one thing. The, the, if um, you obviously can't see the room I'm in, but jace if you, it's as big as this room, we're in, They're going all the way back to that back door. Room. Wow. Yeah, it's that big. It's uh, a, this room is like 60 or 70 feet long. Okay, at least. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so that is how big the store is, and it's wider too. It's it's wider than this room. So it's, it's, it's about 50 feet. It's just a big former wow. warehouse sort of thing alright yeah. yeah. it's got a big Doctor Who with a sort of uh, uh, Eccleston Tedded logo you know that oval short shape that looks like a right you know, yeah, you know, the, the, yeah
2: the logo they brought back the series with. yeah
0: that's right yeah and it has that on the front side with a big picture of a TARDIS on the inside they have a life-size TARDIS it's also a shelf yeah, area that's insane. They, ha- they have props they have special effects they have autographed items mm-hmm. they have a little museum you can walk through it's very it's, the museum is not too much to look at but it's a most of it's uh, you know toys they don't make or produce anymore, masks and things. But a couple of from the show, I think mean, I'm he's collected over the years, actual wow. artifacts. Okay, and they have wow. audio CDs, they have DVDs, they have Blu-rays, they have the entire series, the entire seasons, the the plays, they have costumes, they have toys, every conceivable toy. You know, you know, one of the hardest toys to find is a River that? Song. You can't find River Song anywhere. Yeah, like you look on Amazon and you can find like you know occasionally uh, one of the, um, the, you know the, the, the Funko Pop, Funko Pops, yeah, right. I actually but,
2: have her Funko Pop. Yep, yeah. and uh, but they
0: had her there in the astronaut suit.
2: You're kidding? Yeah. For, uh, oh my God.
0: Yep, and, it, and I was like, oh my, God. I just couldn't believe it. I almost bought it, but it was like you know twenty five dollars. I was oh, trying. Yes. To, I was focusing on other. This things.
2: Uh, our uh, love of Doctor Who can sometimes tend to be. Really?
0: Uh, yeah. but the prices were reasonable because were they? yeah, they were very yeah. reasonable because you're buying new items not used before, and they are you know you know how to pay for shipping and handling like you, know, you would from. Uh, oh. So if you're in Indianapolis area or anywhere in this with a hundred miles of this place, and you're a Doctor Who fan, mm-hmm. this is your mecca right now. This is a place you have to go to before you die. Yes, yeah, and they've been in business for tw- almost twenty years. It'd be twenty years is, next year.
2: That's which I mean. Um, if you guys know anything about running a business, especially something retail-oriented, for to be in business for that long is—I mean—that's a feat in itself. And for something you know, Doctor Who-related, been around since nineteen ninety-eight, mm-hmm. I think that's fantastic. And as soon as we—you uh, told me about this as soon as you showed me pictures—I knew. I was going. Yeah. As soon as I can, I will be heading to Huu, North America, in
0: Indianapolis. Well, I'm heading. I'm passing on the way home. I'll drop you off. Oh, I don't know how you get yeah. back, but that, I'll, <laughs> I'll, well, he's got a TARDIS there. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah.
2: so he'll, I, I'm sure he'll be happy to uh, to drop me off. So yeah.
0: Uh, so I, and I also interviewed him uh, while I was there. Right. Okay. And uh, and if you'd like to listen to it, then right now listen to it. Hi, this is Vince Wilson. I'm at Who North America, which I'm embarrassed to say I never heard of before until this day. I was looking for different things to do on the way to the Silicon Conference in Mattoon, Illinois, which I'm heading to right now. I thought I'd check out what's to do in Indianapolis. You know, there's a lot to do in Indianapolis actually, but for a Who fan, I cannot think of a better thing to do than be at Who North America. This place is amazing. I just walked around the entire store and I'm positive 100 percent positive i've only seen 10 percent of what this eclectic collection has in stock i mean there's there's who souvenirs there's who merchandise there's who clothing uh scarves and hats and jackets and t-shirts every every conceivable type of toy and uh you know merchandise from uh small and large tartises to uh canine figurines and everything in between and they even have a cased-in area you can walk through with ropes that have all sorts of amazing pieces of uh, Who history, Whovian history, Doctor Who history. Uh, just, it's just overwhelming, to be honest with you. I, I, I've walked through it for about 10 or 15 minutes now, and I still have not come across everything I probably could see. And I'm here with, please introduce yourself.
1: Hi, my name is Keith Bradbury. I'm the owner and founder of Who North America. Uh, we're a business in Indianapolis area. Uh, it's actually Canby, which is right outside of Indianapolis. Uh, but we've been in business for 19 years. We started in 1998, and uh, we have a uh, building that's open to the public. Uh, we're open uh, Tuesday through Saturdays, and you can find us online at whona.com. And that's whona for North America, so. Yeah, it's
0: amazing. So you've been in business since 1998, yeah. all right? And you have had this building here for how long?
1: Uh, about two years now. Oh, so so two we years just now. bought the property. Back and what, what did ago.
0: you do before that? Where, where was your location at? And what kind of location was it?
1: Well, uh for about 15 years before that, we were in a uh, kind of an office warehouse complex uh, over in uh, the southwest side of Indianapolis uh, uh, in the business, uh, kind of the warehouse district. And because we're an online company, first and foremost, uh, uh, we basically just had some special openings to the public on uh, on uh, usually once a month. We had like an open house day. But now that we're here, we've got regular hours and we keep the entire uh, online part of the business separate from the retail section so you can actually shop while uh, while anything goes on as far as the packing and shipping of stuff is out of sight and out of mind so I have to
0: gr- I had to completely agree with that now of course as a who fan I you know I'm on websites like ThinkGeek.com and amazon.com always looking for the newest bits of merchandise and there is more here that I've ever seen anywhere else on online sources you know the uh, I mean they have figurines I've never been able to find anywhere else and I'm uh, you know I, I could easily spend my life savings in here if I had if I was uh, had any sort of lack of self-restraint at all I would be spending thousands of dollars in here very easily and I would be filling up my small house with nothing but merchandise from this place I mean if you are a Who fan in and, and any level then this is a place you have to go to you know before the end of your life. This is a definitely should be on your bucket list for places to go to. There's just, I mean, once again, to reiterate, there's comic books, there's magazines, there's audio uh, plays on CD, the new things, the old things. There's DVD collections, um, you know, everything. You you know, like if you ever want to cosplay as Doctor Who, what do you have to do? You had to go to Amazon or you had to make it yourself. You can actually go here and try a 10th Doctor jacket on right here in the store and know that it fits or doesn't fit and i'm sure if it doesn't fit you, you know this is probably the guy to go to to find a costume somewhere else you know that you can probably arrange things i would imagine is that correct
1: oh yeah well we we try to keep things in stock all the time and if it's available to us we'll try to restock it and get it back in so uh there's you know there's always things that come and go so i've always had the attitude if, if you like it you better get it because doctor who product disappears really quickly uh there's things that uh uh, you know, aren't on the market very long and there's other things that have been around for a few years. So, uh, it's, it's a strange, it's a strange, uh, collected group of, of pieces because it is a UK based television show and U S availability of items, uh, is sometimes hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, that's kind of how I got started. Uh, I was a fan of the show back in the late seventies and eighties, uh, back on PBS stations, started with Tom Baker and, uh, uh, then ended up watching all the stuff, and, and uh, as a kid, uh, you know, I came out, I, some of my biggest toy collections were Star Wars and uh, Empire Strikes Back toys and stuff like that, but you can never find any Doctor Who stuff at the time because it wasn't being brought over, and if you were lucky enough to go to a convention and go to the dealer room and you could find anything else but books and magazines, uh, the toys were incredibly expensive uh very few toys ever came over from the uk uh back in that time period uh the figures that were out were uh, by a company called dennis fisher um but anybody who had any uh really wanted an arm and leg and, and you just simply could not afford uh any doctor who products and that's kind of what uh how I got into the to the whole business is when the internet started kicking in I started looking at these UK companies and seeing if I could bring up some of their products and this was even before the new series kicked in and I started bringing it across and uh, um, because actually it was kind of in the lull period Uh, the show wasn't on the air very very few PBS stations were still showing Doctor Who but I had a great memory of the show, and, and it was really cool on the internet, because all of a sudden, uh, you know, I was kind of alone in liking Doctor Who in my area. But then on the internet, you found all kinds of other people yeah. like Doctor Who. And then when I started finding stuff in the UK that I could get, they wanted it as well. And so that's kind of where it all snowballed from. And, and uh, now, 20 years later, uh, uh, we're a thriving business here in Indianapolis, Indiana area, and... I would love to see people come by and see our place.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, do you have uh, meetings here or anything like that? Do you have clubs that would come and meet here? Uh, There's got to be a, a there, presence.
1: There are. There is an official club in the area. Uh, we are uh, not the sponsor of it, but we've had members who've come here and they've actually talked about having their club meetings here uh, because we do have a multi-purpose room. Um, that just hasn't happened yet, but I'm sure it will. But there are different clubs in the areas. Uh, we focus mo- mainly on retail. Um, there's a couple other people who aren't too far away that also do some uh, kind of online uh, stuff or, or have some Doctor Who product. So uh, And I know they also do some other stuff with the club as well. So we don't try to over
0: you know step your reach <laughs> overstep yeah. our bear. Yeah. You know, we focus on yeah. what
1: we do, but we try to open up to them whenever they want to do things too. So Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, it was, it's this this is I gotta tell you, once again this place is amazing. I'm definitely gonna take some more pictures while I'm here. And um so what kind of events you have coming up? I know there's the Doctor Who, the f- uh, yeah, Octoberfest actually yeah, coming up. And, uh, the
1: very last, uh, the la- very last Saturday of October is Octoberfest. Uh, it's right before Halloween. It's October twenty-eighth, and uh, we're on about two and a half acres of property here. And so what we do is. Uh, uh, we open up our backyard to a group of different vendors uh, who will be coming here uh, And they'll be selling items as well as us in the store and they'll be games and things and, and it's a great time for just doctor Who fans to come together have a great time hang out um, I believe Domino's Pizza will once again be selling pizzas here. And so there's there's different things you can do There'll be food here um, So it's a lot of fun and you can find out more of that on our Facebook page uh, We keep events on our Facebook page page uh, and also on our forum which is linked from our website so if you ever go to com and you want to know where you can find out about the upcoming events or where we're going to be uh, you can do that we also do a handful of conventions our next convention we're going to do is time lord expo which is over in ohio and uh, that's uh, just outside of dayton and i'm sure you can look that up as well time lord expo uh, that's going to also be in october
0: a couple weeks yeah and of course you, you there will be a link to their website which is once again it's www.whona.com and uh there will be linked to the webs on the omnifringe.radio.com radio.com website and of course on the facebook pages for omni fringe radio and for the gbs show the gallifrey broadcasting system um so there's also one there's a big hoot convention coming up in. Is in Illinois somewhere, right? Chicago? Oh, that'd be
1: Chicago TARDIS. Yep, yeah. yep. And uh, yeah. Alien Entertainment up in Chicago is the key vendor for that, and they actually are on the board of that. So they're actually the the uh, Doctor Who supplier for that particular convention.
0: Oh, okay. So, yep, yeah. yep. Ooh, should I have a booth there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. They do their
1: thing up there, and uh, that's okay. Uh, we've got a lot of uh, customers back and forth between the two places, so but uh, they've been in business for a long time as well. Yeah.
0: This is, yeah, this is like really fantastic. So, um, so what kind? Of, so you have the October coming up, and what other kind of things you have coming up in, in the future, or you have plans? Uh, are...
1: there'll be some different. Uh, I know we're planning on doing canine uh, pet adoption coming up at some point. That'll be uh, uh, kind of a you know theme thing where we're going to, uh, in memory of uh, the greatest robot dog ever. There's going to be uh, a pet adoption agency. Doing I understand
0: you're bringing them back. Uh, well, they
1: did bring a season back of them in uh, Australia a few, uh, yeah. just a few years back. I, I haven't heard that they're they're going to do a new season. There's been talk of it. Oh, I'm thinking about
0: the the character actually in a show. Oh, is it? Yeah, well, heard that it may be because yeah, yeah it's- he didn't make an appearance a couple of years ago. Yeah. In the, and a school reunion. Yeah, with- school reunion. That's yeah. right. Yeah. All right. So time is for now. It's time to test your Doctor Who. Right? You ready? Okay. Uh, I myself think I am a bigger Doctor Who fan than Chase, who actually hosts a show, but. You know, that's a challenge for another day. All right, so ready? Here we go. <clears throat> first appearance of the Weeping Angels. Okay. The episode blank. That's right. Episode blank. Okay, good. Yeah. This is where we're going for. We're going to first appearances, and you name the episode okay. title. Ready? Okay. First appearance of the Daleks. First
1: appearance of the Daleks would be uh, the story of the Daleks, the second story of, uh, uh, and uh, let me think, the, it would have been the second story of the first doctor. Um, the overall story is called the Daleks. The very first episode of that story is slipping my mind, but it's, it was a six-parter. <laughs> yeah, well,
0: well it was close. They they really drew those out back then. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of the first uh, Doctor Who episodes are missing, of course. You know, but they yeah. have been uh, they've been trying to bring them back as audio plays, yeah. you know, when, yeah. when they were able to find what information they are able to get. Yeah. So very That's exciting The first doctor making an appearance back, you know, in the Christmas episode coming up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right.
1: Yeah, for, for people who aren't familiar with that, back in the 70s, uh, the BBC, to start making space, decided that there was no retail value to a lot of their old programming. So they began destroying the masters mm-hmm. of uh, their reel-to-reel films because it was so much uh, money to uh, store these things. Uh, if you're not familiar with the way the BBC operates, BBC operates on taxpayer funds. And there's ki- there was kind of a philosophy that if people pay taxes for programming. They're paying for new programming. There's no value to repeats because people have already paid their taxes for that. You can't show that again. And once the foreign markets stopped purchasing it, they just decided, well, it's old, it's black and white, we're going to start mm-hmm. junking it. So they started getting rid of the first, second, and even the third doctor stories. Uh, and till that policy was stopped, as people realized what was happening, that they were actually destroying their history.
0: Yeah. Uh, the philosophy and- of the bureaucrat
1: and uh, so it was actually on a lot of foreign fields where the show had been sold, whether it was to Africa or Australia or Hong Kong, that a lot of these first and second doctors, and even some of the third doctor stories were located and uh, they were found. And then uh, back you know, in, in about the late 90s, a group called the Restoration Team got together and they actually started going through and trying to clean up a lot of these really bad negatives uh, that they were finding and re- that had not been stored properly, or or had been allowed to deteriorate, or had all kinds of uh, of uh, uh, cuts for uh, for various reasons, usually mm-hmm. censor cuts. Like in Australia, there were quite a few episodes that had scenes cut out, and. The reason the audios exist of so many of the first Doctor, first and second Doctor stories which were destroyed, is because fans would literally take a cassette player, set them up against the television set, and record the story. Mm-hmm. And then Mark Iries and some other guys like that got these audios. They're really poor quality, because you're talking about a condenser microphone on a cassette player, but they cleaned them up as best as possible and then they started marketing those. And then even here a couple years ago, one of the most exciting things that happened was they took the audio of Power of the Daleks, which is the very first story from Patrick Troughton, and it's also a Dalek story, a very important Dalek story. And they animated with the audio that had been mm-hmm. recorded off a of cassette tape, and they restored that story based on looking at the pictures that were taken by taking a camera and actually pointing it at the screen, you know, and taking photographs, and then and then trying to animate as close as possible what the original story would have looked like to the viewers. And so. That's been an exciting uh, turn of events as well. that, You know, some of these missing episodes have been animated. Uh, There's still missing episodes that uh, you know we hope will be found, and and maybe uh, you know certain places, which uh, you know like uh, uh, Africa or whatever like that. But it's it's becoming uh, few and far between where those are turning up. So, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, the uh, Doctor Who has really integrated itself into British popular culture. In fact, it's it's more than pop culture. There, I mean, yeah. here you know here we have. You have pop culture, you have Star Wars and Star Trek, and you have phrases and things that have made their way into our regular lexicon. But in Britain, it is a phenomenon that defies imagination. You know, the TARDIS, the uh, Doctor Who, the references to cheap special effects that were so prevalent in the 70s and 80s, -hmm. and even the 90s a little bit. Um, And there's even uh, phrases, like uh, I don't recall what it is off the top of my head, but it's a phrase referring to when someone watches a particularly scary episode of doctor who they would hide behind their couch Man, behind
1: the sofa yeah behind the sofa that's <laughs> right yep, yep. so yep.
0: yeah so there so it is a it is a worldwide phenomenon and it, you know it's a and it really did kick into high gear again in 2009 and of course with the the benefit of the internet and streaming video and things like that it is uh it's bigger than it ever has been you know and i think a lot of people who have only experienced the the newer shows uh, that started with Eccleson back in... Am I saying his name right, Eccleson? Yeah. yeah, Christopher yeah, Eccleson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, in 2009, really should go back and explore, you know, the older episodes. Of course, like yourself, my favorite Doctor of all time is the fourth Doctor, Tom, Tom Baker. Baker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: one slight correction, Eccleston was 2005. 2005, so. oh, yeah. I said 2009, I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah. sorry. But You're that's right. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, just because I, I knew you'd probably get messages from uh, people who are listening, and they yeah. probably tell you. Yeah, yeah,
0: I'm uh, going to definitely show up in the comments section if I if I say, like yeah. that stayed in there.
1: Interesting bit of trivia, if uh, if anybody wants to know, back at uh, about the turn of the millennium, they did a uh, popularity contest for what should be on uh, a new British stamp, uh, what's the most popular thing from uh, pop culture in uh, England and the Dalek from Doctor Who got the first place followed by John Lennon of the Beatles so uh, just to re, you know to Reterate. reinforce how it, how strong Doctor. Who is even when it wasn't even on the air yet again with the new series uh, the Daleks were considered the the biggest pop icon of England at about the turn of the century before you know uh, right before you know a few years before the new series even kicked in so uh, that's pretty good for a show that was off the air.
0: Yeah, it's very exciting. So, yeah, what do you think? Of course, the, all the big news right now is the fact that the thirteenth incar, you know, incarnation is a woman, and that sort of thing. So, a lot, mo- most people, I think, are happy, excited about that, and accepting of it. And there are a few people, of course, that are being a bit of a jerk about it. I think.
1: Well, as if anything, it's going to depend on the writing. Yeah. You know, if you get good writing, if you, uh, you know, if you. Uh, uh, capitalize on the series success and what's made it a good show throughout history i think you'll do okay uh if on the other hand you know you go in a different direction and you lose your base uh i think it could be you know it could be bad news it's it, it's it's like anything uh you know re, revitalizing the series bringing it back in in 2005 was a bold move it was a big change from the old series but in many ways there were some improvements that came along there was a budget that came along that wasn't there before you know and hopefully with the new series you'll have uh, a lot of positive things but as with anything it always falls back to how good is the writing yeah. how good are the writers and uh, how focused are they on on telling good stories uh, as opposed to getting sidetracked with uh, things that that uh, nobody cares about That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: yeah i'm really i'm actually excited about it i'm, I'm particularly excited about the christmas special coming up yeah. uh, you know the i'm always excited about christmas specials they're always uh usually anyway tend to go above and beyond yeah. and have and, some really exciting writing
1: and then uh apart from the christmas episode it's going to be an, another year before we see anything of the new uh yeah, uh, the I new heard about series. that. So, so we're talking about fall of 2018. Uh, it's a fairly long hiatus again. Uh, not as long as the last one where you had an entire year where nothing was being produced. But uh, again, it's you know, like I said, it's going to come down to the new writing team and uh, whether they're going to pull off some really good
0: storylines. So yeah, we'll I still think happens. they should need a Cestra and Drax. Uh... Or is it Strax? Uh, Strax uh, spinoff series.
1: Well, they need to bring back the Nymon, in my opinion, yeah. because I'm a big Horns of Nymon fan. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, if you want to go uh, watch a fun Tom Baker episode uh, that I get a kick out of every time I see it, Horns of Nymon, there's one of my favorites. What's so your favorite?
0: Is that your, what, is your, what is your the most favorite Tom Baker show uh, series? Well,
1: Here's where I'm getting in trouble because it's between that and uh, Nightmare of Eden. And uh, those get ribbed a lot, but I think they're hilarious and I absolutely love them. So those, uh, Nightmare of Eden with Tom Baker and uh, also uh, uh, Horns of Nymon are two of my absolute favorite Doctor Who episodes of all time.
0: Yeah, i have recently been catching up on BritBox recently. It's uh, very exciting to have all those old episodes on there. That's correct. And, yeah, yeah, you can
1: get that as a Roku channel uh, if you have mm-hmm. a Roku device or probably Apple TV. I'm sure it's on It's there. on
0: Amazon. Too. Amazon Fire Stick yeah. too I think okay, I'm not, yeah. not 100% sure but it's definitely on Roku I have three of those yeah, yeah. so the um, yeah that's it's uh, you know Tom Baker is definitely my, my favorite doctor of all time I have this I have a 12 foot scarf I have mm-hmm. a fedora I have a you know but you know I'm also you know a big fan of the new series and everything that goes along with that so yeah it's really exciting so yeah. anything else you want to kind of why don't you go ahead and uh, promote yourself one more time.
1: Okay, yeah, my name again is Keith Bradbreeden. This is Who North America, located right outside of Indianapolis on the southwest side. We're actually an Uber's drive away from uh, the Indianapolis International Airport. If you're in a layover by chance in the area and you want to call an Uber driver to have him bring you over here and take you back uh, seeing the place, you can do that. So if you just happen to be coming through the area, uh, that might be an option for you as well.
0: Yeah, that's exactly how I found a place. I mean, I'm going from Delaware to Illinois. I had a layover in Columbus and, you know, just kind of spent the a night there. So I had to drive 13 hours straight. And that's when I found you know, this place purely by accident. just by Googling things to do in Indianapolis. And this is definitely, if you're a Who fan or a science fiction fan, because they have a few more things besides Dr. Who things here. Yeah,
1: everything's mostly British science fiction. Yeah, so British science yeah fiction, there's yeah. A, There's some Blake 7 and some things like that. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, usually it's tied in with Dr. Who pretty solidly mm-hmm. or with at least the audio series that big finish of, uh, put out we've got a few of their things as well that are not Doctor Who related but because they put it out
0: and you definitely can't imagine the size of the place on the outside which is hints that of course it's
1: bigger on the inside than it is on the outside
0: that's right all right everyone thank you so much this is Vince Wilson signing off for a GBS thank you again and we're back yeah, so it, uh,
2: hopefully you guys you enjoy listening to uh, Vince talk to uh, the guy behind Who North America. So moving forward, like you know, I guess well one thing I do want to comment on about you know uh, his store is how uh, how accessible Doctor Who merchandise is versus how it used to be. Oh
0: yeah, that that came up in our conversation. If you as you. Our right. listeners now know, right? Yeah, the, the, the something that was very hard before the reboot of the series, all right, mm-hmm. was finding any kind of merchandise or items at all. You could not find Hoovian items anywhere for mm-hmm. any price. Not the not old toys, not new toys. Mm-hmm. If you did stumble across something at a, a comic book convention or a sci-fi mm-hmm. convention, you know it was extraordinarily expensive. You're you essentially you're buying something that someone traveled to England to get and bring back and you're paying for that. You're mm-hmm. paying for that person going to England for you and bring right. it back. So you would have a uh, tenant scarf or I'm sorry, a Baker scarf and a, or a or a TARDIS toy or something like that mm-hmm. or a, or a little miniature Dalek lamp or whatever and it would cost you three or four hundred dollars. Right. Now I remember seeing that stuff in my you know, my first comic convention I went to when I was a kid, and I would see Doctor Who stuff, and I was like, "Oh, it's Doctor Who!" Whoa. You know, it's like I don't have the budget for that sort of thing right. at my age. You know, right. and uh, and it w- it was a struggle. and He admitted that. You know, and he in uh, 1998 when he started his business, one of his first goals was to make things more accessible. Mm-hmm. And then, it be- of course, it became easier the advent of the internet. Yeah, the internet and really the huge success of the reboot. You yes. Know? yes. You know the. It, it, I guess I don't think it back then in the uh, in the 90s and, well 70s 80s and 90s it was a concept of merchandising that much you know there was it, you know there was there was toys there was you know in the 60s, the 60s and 70s there were tin Daleks and Tardises you can get and that sort of thing right and in, in the 70s and 80s there were you know more of the same but plastic was a, the big thing of course and then in the 90s it kind of it tapered off for the most part it wasn't the right. thing. and then uh, you know, besides
2: I mean besides the, the TV movie, yeah. From 89 until 2005, Doctor Who lived in the shadows. I mean, Mm -hmm. through audiobooks and through, you know, uh, fan conventions, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of Doctor Who around.
0: And now fandom has made, you know, Doctor Who fandom has made it a phenomenon beyond imagination. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it's just, everything's available. You want to dress up like Doctor Who, you can do that. You want to, you want to you can, you want to build... A Dalek. There's plans online. You want to build a TARDIS? You can download yeah, the, how to build a TARDIS. People right. have TARDISes in yeah. their
2: backyard. Yeah.
0: You know. You can, there's you can,
2: a There's a TARDIS in uh, my home state of Tennessee, mm-hmm. that, called the Clarksville TARDIS. Yep. And like I've it's heard of that. it's just there. You know. And that's, um, and that's, I mean, honestly, that's kind of a two part thing. One, obviously, Doctor Who is bigger than it's ever been. It's, you know, it's a, uh, attracted at a more fan base than it's ever had. Uh, and then the second thing is just kind of nerds have inherited the earth, really, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the convention that we're at. I, I couldn't imagine, you know, something like this, you know, 20 years ago in a mall like we're, we're doing right now, you know, with the attendance, with the, 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 the people that are here. Um, you know, which I, which I love. I mean, um, I... You know, there was a, a story I read recently, it was actually on a previous episode of the GBS podcast, I talked about it, that uh, eBay had over 6,000 purchases of Doctor Who-related items last month alone, That uh, of just David Tennant. 6,000 items bought David Tennant, Doctor Who-related, in one month. I mean, that's... Oh, yeah. That's insane. <clears throat> So, uh, moving on from merchandise, can you think of an episode that sticks out of your mind that you think would uh, be your favorite, if you could only pick one?
0: My favorite episode of, of all time? Of
2: all time. This is, this is classic and new who.
0: That's hard. I know. The, uh... The, uh... Oh, shoot, what is it called? The It's, a, it's the Paris episode of the Tom Baker series, the, uh, where it's the... Uh, I'm just not good with this. The, yeah, I'm sure, every, as I just said that, every person who... Yeah, it's about, like, what or, or are you no, talking why about? Why can you not remember it? It's, no, it's, no, it's the... Um, shoot, it's called... Uh, in, something in the City... The City of Death. The city oh, of The death. City of Death, The yeah. City of Death, there you go. The City of Death. Which is a play on the word city of love, of course, right. where everyone thinks of Paris. That is my favorite, you know... Se- it's, a, C- it's like four three a four-part yeah, four episode. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite one. Um, modern times, it would have probably be Blink.
2: Blank, yeah. I yeah. mean, Blank is fantastic. It's and the the great thing about that episode is, or uh, interesting thing about that episode is that there's not a whole lot of the Doctor in that episode. It's yeah.
0: Almost, it's and to be honest with you, I'll tell you this much: I'm not a big Eccleston fan. Uh, yeah, yeah, you
2: know, this is might be controversial to say, but I'm I'm kind of there with you. Uh, yeah,
0: I, I, Eccleston's good. I I liked him as a Doctor. I actually I, I wouldn't have minded him being a, uh, you know, on a second season. Uh, but he, truth be told, he was he's definitely not my favorite modern doctor.
2: Yeah, so uh, as you were saying, talking about Christopher Eccleston, um, I'm right there with you. I did not, I thought he did fine. I, I oh, really yeah. Do.
0: Like I said, yeah, he was, he's not a bad doctor, and he's definitely got, yeah, I watched every single episode of it. Right. Because, you know, I mean, there was could, only, what, 12. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah and, and there were worse older doctors. You know, yeah. You know, but the. <coughs> Colin Baker. <laughs> uh, but uh, um. anyway, there, the, uh, and uh, of course, of course, the, uh, Colin Baker had issues. Well, as yeah, an actor. that was
2: a uh, see. That was something again. I, I can only look back on. I didn't experience it. Was the cancellation crisis between mm-hmm. eighty six and eighty seven?
0: Yeah, you know, there and was, the personal issues going through as well. Right. Know? Yeah. So, you know, so he has some leeway for You know, criticism. But, and Eccleson, you know, was a great, he was a good actor, mm-hmm. you know, Fantastic he brought a record. new spin on the Doctor that reinvented it, mm-hmm. reinvented character, I mean, you know, and uh, so you can't, you gotta, thank him for that, you know, the, my biggest, uh, I, I, I feel bad that Eccleston doesn't have the same passion for the Doctor afterward that he, yeah. used yeah, you know, and I, I understand where he's coming from, like, oh, he was kind of burned and, and wronged a little bit, maybe, and that sort of thing, but darn it, don't. Don't blame that on everybody. You know, right. Don't take it on the fans who want to be able to have conversations with you about the doctor. Right.
2: I mean, I've heard him in interviews say none of us really know the story, the full story. You know that there was some kind of dispute between him and BBC executives. Yeah. Um, but for him, yeah, I mean, he doesn't do anything, you know, Doctor Who related, which is unfortunate because, I mean, honestly, us fans just want to, you know, just express our love for his character. His you know, portrayal of that character. Uh, but in saying that, I do... If we're going to credit Christopher Eccleston for bringing the show back, you know, reinventing that character, I think one of the, the strongest proponents of that first season was Billy Piper's Rose Tyler. Mm-hmm. It really was the Rose Tyler show for that first season or two. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean... I, I think, um, you know, Billy Billy Piper really showed how important the companion is to the doctor. Well, the
0: new, the new uh, revisioned idea of how the interaction is with the doctor and the companion really started with the 1996 movie. Right. You know, that kind of they re-envisioned it. You know, before, the, uh, the uh, companions were a little more than the extras, like in the video game GoldenEye, where you had to chase, you know, the, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you remember that game, yes. where you had to... There was like a character at some point in the game in which you had to protect them. Right, you were just you know, the uh, escorting them through. Yeah, escorting them danger. through, and, <laughs> it, and they would get shot, and you lose that level and you had to start over again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's that's com- an interesting analogy. Yeah, that's yeah. the companions. You yeah. know, that's how I see the companions. That's what you remind me of uh, in previous Doctors. And yes, there are exceptions, and I'm sure people are going to judge me on that. Yeah, for the I most mean, you part. could but, say Sarah Jane. Yeah, or or, but they were people that occasionally inspired the Doctor. But for the most part, we're there to motivate, you know, move the plot forward and be there as exposition for like, oh, I don't know who this alien is or what he's capable of. Well, let me explain it to you, you know, um, uh, and, uh, and technology and, and all sorts of other things. But also there'll be there for the sort of, uh, you know, can, cannon fodder to be right, saved.
2: Right. Uh, it's interesting you bring it up. And I know someone is going t- to crucify me for this. But the actress who played Leela. I don't know her name off the top of my head. Uh she was doing an interview and she was talking about how the reason that she left the show was that she couldn't create she's like, I don't you know, know how I can continue to express myself creatively with every time I get a script is what is it, Doctor? What doctor, what is it? What is it, doctor? Mm-hmm. Doctor, what is it? That's all she's like
0: well, I mean, it kind of goes to a, a character that essentially was a cave woman for the most part, right. you know? The uh, it's kind of you know the a poor criticism to some degree. Once you know, the, you know, I guess there's room uh, for negotiation with your bosses, you know. Mm. But I don't know if that's a justification of quitting the show and then looking back on it later and saying that. Right. And she certainly was not complaining when she was invited back to do the the current uh, audio plays that are available.
2: Yeah. Which um, is something I, I, you know, I have to really credit Big Finish Productions for that, is that their ability, and that's, again, the great thing about Doctor Who, is that because it's about time travel, because, um, you know, the TARDIS exists, that we can go back, and they can make new stories with Tom, and they can make new stories with David, and they can make new stories, you know, uh, about, you know older doctors, because as long as those guys are alive, I mean, there's an audience for it, and uh, that's the great thing about audio, you know, is that, you you know, you don't have to worry too much about what they look like, you know, now. Mm-hmm. Um, I know uh, they even got John Hurt before he, you know, tragically passed away to even do some stuff with Big Finish. Oh, yeah. Which, um, I would have loved to see more of John Hurt as the Doctor.
0: The War Doctor. Right. Yeah.
2: Um, I, I thought that character was interesting, though in the, the episode day of the Doctor, he was really more of just kind of a, you know, he was just there to tell a better story. The, the character wasn't developed so much. It was just kind of, this is an a, a Avenger sort of Doctor that we had never seen before. I would have loved to have seen more episodes with him. I also think it would have been great for Christopher Eccleston, you know, to come back and yeah. do that. Um I was, I was really hoping he would... uh he could well, really always get can't.
0: someone who could do a really great impression of Christopher Right. <laughs> I mean,
2: as we've seen on YouTube, you know, these guys, you know, are maybe even replaceable. Yeah, dude,
0: you signed the rights for your face off for history. Yeah. You know, you're, the BBC owns the rights to your face as the Doctor forever. You know, yeah. So accept your your right. role as right. you know you know you know what's going to happen. Twenty years ago, when he's in his you know seventies, uh, I guess he's
2: going to be like, why didn't I? Yeah. You know, because yeah. I'm sure. Sorry,
0: guys. You know? Yeah.
2: Yeah, because I mean, it's like with uh, Tom and the uh, episode, the five doctors. I mean, you know, they you know marketed it as five doctors. However, they Tom, while he was in that episode, it was not. It was old footage that mm-hmm. they had used prior, and then of course they had to um, replace. And they William made Hartnell. they made fun
0: of that recently when they did that. Uh, that uh, I don't know if you saw that one special. Oh, shoot, it was the uh, it was when he had the the somebody, all the surviving doctors back, but Tom all Baker, all the five-ish the doctors, the five-ish doctors, yeah, because yeah. Tom Baker sort of just phoned in right you know, <laughs> with the with a voicemail. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh. Uh, I mean, I would. I mean, and I'm sure Tom now probably goes, you know, maybe I was being a little... Prestitious, yeah. Yeah, and I think Christopher will probably feel the same way, though, um, you know, they, I, I don't know why, because I'm sure they probably brought him to the table and had a sizable figure on, on the table for him to do it. Mm-hmm. So, maybe, maybe we as fans shouldn't judge him so harshly. maybe something really serious happened. And maybe his pride just won't let him do it. I I just, I don't see why the fans have to, you know, hurt because of that. Yep. So, um, if you're going to talk about your favorite episode, we'll flip it. Can you think of an episode that you just absolutely despised?
0: Absolutely despised? Ugh...
2: I can think of several, like uh, robots. of Sherwood was a recent one. Yeah,
0: I didn't like that that much. It was, like, it was very corny.
2: Like I again, you know, nothing, um, nothing I, uh, against Peter Capaldi because I thought he's fantastic. You know, I thought he was really great, uh, and we had that whole episode about him. But uh, Moffat kind of uh, dropped the ball with uh, Peter, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, another, I mean, we. have the episode, we all know, Love and Monsters with the Absorber Loft, that was another Oh, ten.
0: yeah. Hellbent.
2: You didn't like it?
0: No, I didn't like Hellbent. Yeah. Hellbent was, uh, you know, first of all, I, I, you know, the, when Claire died originally. That was perfect. Yeah, perfect. She would have just left it. And I, I know it's like I'm kind of it's repeating what a lot, so many other people said, but it's so true. It was a perfect death. You know, to the, the kill a character that needed to die mm-hmm. over and over again, yeah. hopefully slowly and torturously. <laughs> right, yeah. right. We were happy to see <laughs> Jenna go. Yeah.
2: there was no, there was nobody, there was not a, uh, you know, a fan petition to bring Clara back. There yeah. wasn't.
0: Uh, she has her fans. They're sick and twisted, and you know, but, but they're both of no, them. I'm, just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, both of no. them. I'm just kidding. You know, don't, don't rag us in the comments section. Right. But the, uh, but the. Uh, but, yeah, Cl- Clara had opportunity, but, you know, she kind of overstepped her balance as a companion. Right. You know, but she, when essentially you're just like, why well, not just have a spin-off show with Clara as a, her own doctor? Right. As herself, you know. Well,
2: that's, that's what they, you know, with, with Series 9, it was almost like they tried to make Clara, like, the Doctor's intellectual equal. Yeah. Like, she, you know, she was just as capable as he was. And I did hear an interesting analogy uh, talking about Clara's death, which was uh, that Clara's death, the first death, <laughs> was uh, 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 an, uh, is an analogy of what the doctor would be if he wasn't a Time Lord. That because what Clara did, taking you know the the Raven away and, and hoping to buy some time with it. Um, that's something the doctor would do. The doctor mm-hmm. does things like that all the time. He just, you know, has the luxury of regeneration.
0: Yep. Um, and and I don't th- I'm not sure if the raven would not have the same effect on a time lord, though. I think a, ti- a raven might be a permanent death for time. Time lords can certainly die permanently, right? Uh, but, however, there, you know, once again with the the uh, you know Gallifreyans, advanced society being billions of years ahead of everything right. else. You know, they've certainly cheated death before, permanent death. I mean, the Master was brought back right. essentially from being, what, nothing? Yeah, burned. <laughs> yeah, he was
2: a, a, a ring, you know, yeah. if that, you know. But that's the thing, and that's something uh, someone brought up to me was like, oh, you know, wasn't it perfect the way um, the Missy died this season? And I was like, if you think the Master is done for, do you think the Master is gone no, forever, no, you're not. fooling yourself.
0: Yeah. It's like, you know, there are a couple of duex machinas in that show. The re- Regeneration Technique is one. Right. The Sonic Screwdriver is another one. Mm-hmm. You know, Sonic Screwdriver, you know, except when it's can't be doing it, and mm-hmm. it'll, it'll be completely broken or damaged right. or, oh, I left it in my other jacket, you yeah. know. It's a, you yeah, know? There's, there's a bunch of those. <laughs> yeah, there's a now. bunch of those. But, it, you know, in other circumstances, like, we can get out of anything, fix anything. Yeah, and any that's kind the great technology. thing about Doctor Who is, yeah. I mean,
2: in the, this – uh, loops around to you know the casting of Jodie Whittaker. This is what I've telling people because I've heard great, great responses to it. You know, re- people really excited. And at the same time, I've heard you know the negative ones. The woman, a doctor can't be a woman. Um, you know, this well, even is, I think
0: I started to change a little bit too. Like for the most part, the anti-female uh, Doctor Who fans have been changing their minds, e- even to some of the more misogynistic ones. I mean, I checked out a couple of Reddit threads, mm-hmm. and, it, and some of the earlier ones were like, it was like the guy was like, um, the doctor is a man, it always has to be a man, it's, it's, it's not my doctor, you right. know, and so on and so forth. And then, like, you know, weeks later, they're like, so do ti- female Time Lords menstruate? Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> I heard one.
2: I heard uh, one was what would happen if the doctor got pregnant and then regenerated before the pregnancy ended?
0: Wow, it's, it's like
2: what are you guys talking about? But uh, my point being is that let's say worst case scenario, right? Jody comes in and does an awful job. It's her,
0: I think she, I think there's not a chance, not much of a chance of her doing right, an awful job. As it Chris all depends Chimnall, on the writers.
2: Yeah, Chris Chibnall, the showrunner, is is really the 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 person that we should you know be I don't want to say worried about, but he's has the reins so to speak when it comes to Doctor Who. But um, even if it all goes bad, if it all goes bad, it doesn't work, it doesn't land, the great thing about Doctor Who is they can just change it. Yeah. Like, it, the, the show basically has a built-in immortality in mm-hmm. itself. Is The show, even if it ends, it can come right back again. You know, I mean, we, it was off the air for, you know, what, 12, 13 years? Mm-hmm. And longer, 14 years? Yeah, 14 years, yeah. And it came back. So, I mean, trust me, the show's not going anywhere. It's, had, it's more ratings than it's ever had. And, you know...
0: You think it's too late to bring back Space
2: 1999? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: man. Maybe a little bit. Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, can you think of any classic monsters from the original show that you would like to see come back that haven't come back already?
0: Oh, that's a hard one. You know, that came... uh, Mr. Bradbury, who has an awesome last name, Mm who's the owner of the, uh, you know, uh, Who North America. Right. Yeah. Of course, reference to the famous Uh science fiction, right? But, um, yeah, um, he brought brought up a species, I don't remember what he said, so go back and listen to that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, let's see. You know... I don't know about an alien enemy from the other one, except uh, I would I wouldn't mind seeing the uh, those the chaos and uh, order. Mm-hmm. Uh, the you know that idea brought back the um, the uh, where they had the the long running um, trope of the you know was it what do they call the charge uh, of time or
2: yeah the uh, the key the keys to time. of time yeah that yeah.
0: sort of something involving those guys coming back and. You know, something like... But you know who I would really love to come back? Would be K-9. K-9,
2: K-9 yeah.
0: K-9. I'd love K-9 to be back, even for a limited time. Mm-hmm. You know, I just hope they don't bring it back. And, you know... It, my Here's my concern about the... I want a female doctor. All right? Is that the showrunners are not too misogynistic. That, oh, we, you know, yes, so you might say, oh, well, why could you say that? Because he brought back a few doctors. So what? You can still screw that up. Right. You know, all. I don't want to see a Rose Quartz sonic screwdriver or, right, or right. a poodle version or chihuahua version of K-9. Right. And, you know. Ha-
2: I heard someone say something along the lines of the the, the console room was yeah. going to be redecorated, you yeah. know, to, to be more and, feminine. And, and you know
0: what? At, we're, and, and trust us, we're not saying that. You know, from a misogynistic point of view, we're worried that that's what they're going to do to it. Right. You know, it's you know it's uh, and I and I hope that doesn't happen. Or be put yeah, you put a feminine spin on it. You can do that. That's, I wouldn't have a problem with it all, but it's got to be done very carefully and correctly.
2: Right. And it's got to be true. What's what's most important is is staying true to the character, whether male or female. Most of the things that the doctor does, it, and has, is gender neutral.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: and I don't want to like you said I, I, I agree with you on 100% is them to go too far Yeah. like they're going to go well since we have a female doctor you know let's uh, paint the TARDIS pink or something like mm-hmm. that you know I mean I'm, I'm obviously being a little facetious but you know what I mean is uh, uh, K9 would be great to come back I, I they did a little bit with uh, Tennant. you know yeah. when, uh, they had the uh Sarah Jane come back. School
0: reunion, yeah. Right.
2: Um, I would uh, I would like to see an... Okay, if you want K-9 to come back, would you want him to be, like, exactly the way he was before? Or would you no, like I wouldn't
0: mind him? a modern update, you know. Uh, he's supposed to be from the year 5000 or something like that, right. if I'm not mistaken. So, um, it, I would like to have him, for one, not have to worry about going in grass. Yeah. All right? <laughs> <laughs> it should not have be... If you saw episodes of him going through grass, and there were, what that was, it wasn't a remote control canine. It was a canine with different wheels being pulled by a string, or a wire <laughs> through yeah. the grass, because obviously the remote control couldn't handle that. A flying canine. It's about time. Right. If they really wanted, to, like, put the budget into it, a walking canine would be even better. Yeah. Still. I, you know. They, they have the
2: special effects to do it now. Yeah. I, whether it, it be
0: visual. The only, the only problem is with budget concerns where they would limit canines' appearances because it be, right. You'd probably CGI or a ibo i remember that the uh the japanese robot dog oh, made yeah. maybe work something out with that company <laughs> to bring back a, a you know the yeah. 9 the way he should be but you know what if he rolls around that's fine too but he you know mm-hmm. just a little bit more portable mm-hmm. more high-tech version you know nine right. is a yeah and, and i think the reason they don't use them is because once again he's another technically he's another do, uh, you know duex machina you know the you know, they, they he's only around, you know. they fix things, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He has the answers, you know, the doctor doesn't have the answers, canine does. And then he has a laser nose. And right. he can just, like, blasts the enemies yeah. with. And occasionally self-destruct when he needs right, to. Right,
2: right. <laughs> um, another uh, character I'd like to see come back that um, would, make, would even be interesting com- with a, you know, a female doctor would be the Ronnie. Yeah. Uh, I think the Ronnie would be an interesting uh, time because I mean all the Time Lords are back, uh, which you know they didn't even touch on really with the, the latest season of Doctor Who. Um, you know they were like, okay, Gallifrey's back,
0: and I'm an to vengeful, Audric. You know somebody survived the crash into the planet and he comes back. <laughs> like, like so a, now a, he's a villain. Now right? he's a villain. Why did you leave me? Why did you leave me on to die on that planet? Yeah, (laughs) this comes back with his. He was,
2: uh, Adric was one of my least favorite companions. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, the thing is, he was, apparently, the actor was a nervous wreck all the time. Tom Baker intimidated him when he was on there. Pardon the background noise. Yeah, uh, we are at a busy convention. (laughs) Yeah, we are
2: at a busy convention, yes. Uh, But. um,
0: I will poison that person later. I, just, I hope he doesn't die because I just confessed the murder. Yeah, all. no, that's what I'm <laughs> saying. You <laughs> yeah.
2: just—they've you just, got your confession right here. <laughs> yeah. If you he
0: die, anything happens to him. I'm in a lot of trouble. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, uh, one final question before I let you go. I know you've got a lot of stuff going on this weekend. What are your predictions for Series Eleven?
0: Well, you know, the—I—it's I, hard to say. I think—I think what we're going to see is a lot of revisits. You know, they've—you know—something uh, has been. Now, of course, it's a totally different showrunner now. Um, so, you know Moffat 's not involved anymore, but it, did, it but it did. so it just depends on what they want to continue what Moffat started okay right. now Moffat wasn 't opposed to uh you know continuing you know plot lines from his previous showrunner that yeah. worked for him so I hopefully they, you know Moffat, you know despite his inadequacies mm-hmm. and the problems with some of his writing styles, he was okay no he, was, know, he you know, was people drag okay. on him a little too much you know he might have been a bit of a misogynist sure you know it was did he, did he turn the doctor into an a hole? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, he did. He Series did, eight does, for sure. Yes, yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, so it's so the some of the things I'd like to see brought up again. I would like to see the doctor's daughter. I want to see that hotline. Yeah, plot line where's container. Jenny? Yeah, know? Jenny. I would like to see Jenny interact with it, especially since it's a mom now, not a dad. Right. You know, so that would that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, that All right. would be interesting. Yeah, um, I would like to see. Then uh, continue plot lines involving um, I like to see uh, you know uh, Strax come back, uh, you know, yeah.
2: what yeah, the Strax and uh, Strax: Bastra. Ginny and Bastra: they, Bastra uh, yeah. I forget the, the name of their little gang, but yeah, um, yeah. there was even talks that they were going to do a spin-off. They should have done
0: that instead of class for God's sake. Now did you Cla- hear what happened? with Class, class, class? cancelled, yeah. yeah thank I, God. They uh, put that out of misery. Like, <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I, when I saw that that was coming on the air. I was like, who wants this? Yeah. Who, who honestly sat around and was like, let's make a spinoff about kids?
0: In school, with science fiction monsters, yeah. It's what? like Buffy the Vampire uh, Slayer, but not as good. Right. Yeah, so I would just like to see things follow through that were started mm-hmm. or hinted at mm-hmm. in uh, certain aspects. We'll see more interactions with Gallifrey. And that, it said, is the doctor now a crime? Lord, as opposed to the Time Lord, because he, uh, you know, wronged Gallifrey so much with that, land, you know, Hell There's yeah. another problem I had with Hell Bent was like he, he essentially became a bad guy when he broke all the rules right. and shot a guy, right, regardless of whether or not he, he, regenerated. he was regenerated. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's still the that regenerations are important. You only get 13 of them, right? <laughs> yeah. be, I mean,
2: at, at the very least, that should be like a misdemeanor, right? Yeah, it's not murder, but it yeah, is, you it took should someone? be a serious crime. you yeah. know. <laughs>
0: I said, you know, uh, so you might, I would like to see a, a remember the Tom Baker, it was like, you know, you have to do these favors for us because you're such a, you know, outcast. So the Gallifrey asked you to help us out in this case. You know, I'd like to see something like that. That's not a bad idea. I mean, it's, it was, it was well, actually drove some really good plots.
2: I mean, the show, especially when it came back on the air in 2005, from that point forward, the, when we heard, you know, him say that he was the last of the time lords mm-hmm. the, the the real story of doctor who for those you know nine seasons was oh my god is gallifrey ever going to come back mm-hmm. so then it when it finally does when in hellbent we now know the time lords are all alive they've managed to unfreeze themselves you know like they because uh we found out in day of the doctor that the doctor froze them yeah. in a parallel pocket dimension to prevent them from being destroyed by you the know dogs.
0: what? I, I honestly can say I wouldn't mind if Clara appeared in the Christmas special. If they bring her yeah. back to Gallifrey to be executed and it's, <laughs> and it's a slow painful <laughs> process you won't feel a thing. Oh my god, it's horrible. <laughs> ah, I'm being tearing apart molecule by molecule as I'm <laughs> shredded into <the> time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to see she's going to be d- disintegrated but like a fax machine where it starts at her feet and works her way up. You see this little light? And
2: so <laughs> so you, you heard it here first on the GBS podcast. If Clara dies very, very slowly and painfully, Vince Wilson, you called it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, She uh, can come back.
0: <laughs> she a big smile on her face. <laughs> Bye,
2: Doctor. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think that's a great place to end it. Uh, it was great to talk to you, Vince. And, we end the uh, show
0: with the end of Clara. Yeah, that,
2: mm-hmm. I think that would be perfect. Yeah. Right right before we see uh, Peter regenerate
0: huh. is him
2: mm-hmm. visually seeing uh, Clara being ripped apart, Molecule. By now, of in in f-
0: in course, in five episodes, we will be bringing this back. That's what <laughs> to kill it again. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be
2: a recurring thing throughout Doctor Who. Is watching Clara die every every few episodes. Yeah. Oh, there's Clara again. How is she should there Should be a Christmas special every <laughs> year. We have to
0: start a new tradition. The Easter special. You know, yeah, the, that, yeah,
2: that that Clara dies special. Yeah, yeah. she's well, resurrected.
0: I- it's Easter related. See.
2: <laughs> 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 oh man. That's and then when she dies,
0: we like Jesus Christ. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs>
2: all right all right guys we'll we'll end it there thanks again vince for uh, talking to me we're shaking hands yeah you guys didn't see it but (laughs) we shook hands (laughs) so that does it for this week's episode of the show hopefully you guys enjoyed it as always you can check out the facebook page at facebook.com slash gbs podcast the Facebook page is there so that you guys can interact with the show, ask questions, suggest topics, or just you know tell me how awesome the show is. And if you like the show, you can check out the Patreon page. That's patreon.com gbspodcast. Every dollar you spend on the Patreon page goes directly to making the show even better. And there are great rewards on there as well, like being a featured guest on the show. So hopefully, like I said, you guys enjoyed it. Catch us next week. Geronimo.